Welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church. And today I'm joined by Michael Solis, our children's director, and Ryan Plants, our lead pastor. So we had week eight. Week eight, we are in the home stretch of our Philippian study. And um, we also, just to point out the elephant in the room, we did baptisms yesterday. That's why there's this Here it is, in front right of here us. Yeah. in front of us, yep. Um, if you're listening, ignore what I just said, because you probably could not tell that there was a trough in front of us. But no, but it's there. It's there. Yep. There's a trough full of water, um, which we haven't emptied yet, but we're doing the podcast. So yesterday, uh, sorry, movie making magic, Sunday, we... Um, we had baptisms. We had resilient joy week eight. Um, one of our like last normal Sundays before kind of getting into the Christmas and mm-hmm. Advent season. Um, kind of just re recap for us what was going on in this was the first kind of chunk of chapter four, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So kind of just recap what's what's changing in um, in this chapter, kind of mm-hmm. based off of the last few that we've yeah, totally. Through. Paul's kind of turning a corner and he's wrapping up his letter now. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's wrapping up his letter and he's getting down to some more personal matters uh, that are happening in the church. Uh, you know, Paul can't help himself. He loves these people. He wants to pastor them. He wants to shepherd them. They're already being so faithful in their walks with Jesus. And so clearly he's kind of directing his attention toward that. And what we get into in chapter four, especially the first half where we just were, um, man, like so many verses that like, if you've been following Jesus for any length of time, you are deeply familiar with them. Like verses six and seven, Paul's Paul's call to not be anxious in anything, but with everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, um, his thought on, or his uh, uh, exhortation on our thought life. I mean, there's just so much in there that we're so used to um, or familiar with. And, um, but what's interesting, what we talked about yesterday on Sunday, uh, is, uh, how, how, how those things all might be connected. Yeah. Um, what was, you had a, a through line for this message in it. I don't remember the first part. I think it was, man, I can't remember, but it said, uh, it can either, um, root us in mm-hmm. or rob us. Of, yeah. Of, of yeah. Really enjoy. What was the first part? Yeah. So like, it was kind of like the big idea yeah. for the message, the kind of the, the through line for the whole message was my response to conflict yes, that's what can either rob me of or root me uh, deeper into resilient yeah. joy. Yeah. And, uh, which I thought was, was really, really good. Um, because obviously with a lot of things that we talk about on a Sunday morning, there's the flip side of it. And we mm-hmm. tend to focus on like the positive, yeah. um, the, this is what you should be looking towards. But I thought it was really good because it's kind of, um, I don't know, it's, it's something that we can go back and look at anytime that there's conflict in our life of, mm-hmm. Is this robbing me of resilient joy or is it rooting me in? And um, I think it's also just a good reminder for us to, anytime we have conflict, not to, for my personality, like avoid it completely mm-hmm. and like and shift and be like, let's, let's look at this or talk about this over here. Yeah. Um, but it is a good reminder of, you know, if you are someone who loves conflict, like you should be aware of it. And if you're someone like me who's a little bit more like, Let's focus on something else. Um, it's a good tool to go through and, and realize, like, we don't have to avoid conflict. We don't have to lean too heavy into it. And mm-hmm. I thought it was also kind of a cool, um, not like a sequel, but like, you know, a, a like spiritual relative of one of your first messages where you talked about peacekeeping. Oh, yeah, totally. Like I had, put that together. Absolutely. Yes, it Absolutely. had like yeah. a uh-huh. lot of shared um, context. But um, 
Hayden, I love yeah. that, by the way. I just want to interject because yeah. I was not even thinking about it with regard to the idea of avoiding conflict. Yeah. Like, I, I just heard the message, and I was thinking through it as, like, like the way I respond if I get, like, cut. My initial mm, is, yeah. I want to fire back. I'm angry. Yeah. Like, ah, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm hurt. And so I want to yeah. respond. But I did not even think about it that you could be robbing yourself of resilient joy by totally avoiding conflict. Oh, altogether. I think so. I don't know if that's where you were I, you were going, Ryan, but that's kind of what I yeah. took it as as well. Mm-hmm. Your yeah. response. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Whether your response is kind of like to move away from it and to avoid it or whether it's to kind of jump in mm-hmm. and like kind of aggressively move yeah. toward it and you kind of mm-hmm. like relish in yeah. it. Whatever it might be, I think both responses are uh, an attempt to control the situation and try to kind of re-secure stability. Mm -hmm. Um, And by doing either of those responses, whether it's kind of like um, what Paul would write in 1 Timothy, someone who is more quarrelsome or violent, um, uh, or someone who might be more passive, like a peacekeeper, like we talked about many months ago. Um, it's, I think it's an attempt to secure joy in a way that God's like, actually, there's a better way to to secure your joy in the midst of conflict. Yeah, because I think... I always looked at conflict as just like fighting, just like yeah. two opposed standpoints that are just going at it. And truly, like that's not what conflict is. Like conflict can be healthy. It can yeah. be productive and mm-hmm. beneficial. And I think for me, I always just took conflict as like two people have to be opposed and have to debate and someone has to win and someone has to lose. Sure, yeah. Um, and that's not what conflict no. is. Conflict no. is is healthy. It's productive. Um, but it yeah, it has it has a flip side of like, some people just want to win an argument and like that is where, or they want to defeat somebody and yeah. that's not what conflict is. And, um, I think for me, like I always thought so highly of myself cause I was conflict averse, but like, it's not a good thing to be conflict averse. Um, I think it's one thing to be like a peacemaker or keeper. Um, but it's not, it's not good to just be avoiding conflict and, and thinking, oh, I'm actually more joyful because I never get into fights. It's like, okay, but how much am I compromising on and just letting slide because I'm just like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to fight about this. Totally. And and this wasn't, this sermon wasn't even so much about like conflict resolution, yeah. but really our attitude and our disposition toward conflict, like mm-hmm. you're saying. And I think an important thing to understand about conflict, first of all, is to understand, you know, who who or what relationships have informed my understanding of conflict? Yeah. That's a really important question to ask ourselves as we engage with a topic like this, yeah. um, whether it's a parent or um, parents or grandparents or certain friends or family members. How 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 did they model conflict yep. and how how do I understand conflict through that lens? And then um, re- refining that lens through what, what God's word would say about yep. conflict. Um, the other part uh, as well is that like when we um, try to avoid conflict, uh, we rob ourselves from uh, growing more closely with those with whom we're in conflict with. Yep. Uh, because not all conflict has to be um, elevated voices, knock down, drag mm-hmm. out, um, fighting till the very end. Um, conflict can also be um, really healthy and um, it's very natural. That's why I said conflict is inevitable mm-hmm. and uh, healthy, constructive conflict is not inevitable, but it's a possibility. Yeah. You know, it's interesting as you're talking about that, um, Carrie and I, your wife, were talking a little bit about the timing of mm. resolution or even mm. yeah. you know, engaging in conflict. Because yeah. sometimes the wound can be so great mm-hmm. that entering in like mm-hmm. immediately and oh, yeah. without any thought mm-hmm. could actually make the situation explode even worse. Totally. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she was sharing with me how. At, in a certain part of her life, she kind of felt like, um, 
she needed a little bit of time before she could engage totally, again. Yeah. And I totally respected that. I was like, of course that makes sense. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. so it just, in all of what you're talking about, we're talking about relationships on a more mature mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and and one thing about that with respect to entering into conflict is if you know if the if the wound is too deep or too fresh and the emotions there that are surrounding it are frustration or deep hurt or anger, um, it's it's good to allow those things to subside a little bit so that you're not entering into conflict with that, but to um, kind of walk through what Paul taught in chapter four here with respect to um, rejoicing and not resenting, um, because one thing you have to monitor as you wait before you address conflict, if it needs time, is that in the meantime, is your heart growing or filling with yeah. resentment? Because yeah. if it is, then that's a problem as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That reminds me, you had these, um, you had your through line, but then you had these like kind of mantras where it was like, radiate, uh, what was it? It was radiate... Well, I leaned into my inner Baptist here. Yeah, and I had five different <laughs> yes. points, yeah. and they all started with the letter R. Yeah, and that was intentional because I thought to myself, I, "Why not once in a while yep. kind of go down that lane?" Yeah. And so the five points, if I can try to remember them real quick, were um, rejoice, don't resent. Yes, uh, yep. from from verse four. Verse five was radiate gentleness. Yes. Uh, replace worry with prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, refine your thoughts mm-hmm. and um, remember biblical principles for doing good. Mm-hmm. A little bit longer point there yeah. at the end, but yeah, kind of like all different like kind of ways to move through kind of what Paul's calling us to do in chapter four in the face of conflict. Mm. So good. And I believe uh, just looking at the, um, that chunk of scripture, it doesn't necessarily give a whole lot of context, but do you think this was more like general practice? This is good stuff to, to focus on. Or do you think that he was preaching towards a specific incident with the Philippians when he was giving this <clears throat> advice? Yeah. So this is the first ever, encountered this passage this way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm even looking at, right now, I'm looking at the NIV yeah. version right now. And, um, you know, in your Bibles, it has the verses and then it has a little title kind of over some of the paragraphs to kind of give you a sense of, well, this is what's going on in this. Yeah. And in my, in this NIV translation, you know, verses one through four are categorized as closing appeal for steadfastness yeah. and unity, because that's where Paul's like, therefore stand firm. And then I appeal to Euodia and Syntyche, hey, think like-mindedly. Yeah. Um, and then there's final exhortations mm-hmm. in verse four. And so according to the NIV, mm-hmm. uh, the way the NIV would understand this text is that, you know, verses one through four are, uh, one through three mm-hmm. are like their own kind of thing about Yodia and yeah. Syntyche. And then they kind of group verses four through um, nine in kind of like its own sort of thing. Like these are just kind of Paul's yeah. passing thoughts. Like Paul was writing this letter and then he briefly addressed the Euodia and Syntyche thing. And he was also like, oh, but you know what? Here's some other things I want to share. Yeah. And listen, I think like one thing about biblical interpretation is that like you're going to get a few different lanes with how to like understand yeah. the flow of thought and the text. And um, I don't think that there's any one right or wrong way with respect to like this particular passage. Like if you want to understand verses four through nine as disconnected from what came before, you're, you're welcome to think that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's important to take into account the context of the passage. And as I was reading a few commentaries and looking through it myself, you know, one commentary in particular was like, verses four through nine are not merely standalone exhortations, although you can pull them and apply them to your life in a variety of environments. You know, verse 
verses six and seven, where Paul's talking about anxiety and not worrying, we could take those two verses and we could pull them out and we could preach on anxiety and worry and and apply it to a broad yeah. swath yep. of of situations where anxiety and worry would rise up. But this is a letter mm-hmm. written by Paul to a particular group of people at a particular group of time, and there it it makes sense to kind of look at these exhortations and mm-hmm. be like, how might they be connected mm-hmm. to this conflict that Paul just kind of mm-hmm. drops sort of right yeah. in like the last quarter of the letter. And so, um, so yeah, uh, as I read through it, I was like, I think it's pretty, pretty clear. And, and it's a safe interpretation yeah. to be like these exhortations, these commands, they're all in the imperative case in the Greek can be understood in light of, mm-hmm his mention of Euodia and Syntyche, especially since he hasn't given any context as to what they're fighting about or anything. But we have these five clear, simple commands right after the conflict. Yeah, It's so so fascinating because uh, even when I, like this, I'm glad you just broke that down there. And when I first heard you talk about it, I just thought, man, that is so hard to do. Mm -hmm. Like if we're talking real practice and our relationships day to day, and when real true challenges come along and there's, a disagreement or something to land in that place where you're not anxious or worried. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not easy to do. Oh, it's yeah. so hard. Yep. It's so hard. Well, and like for me personally, like that's when there is conflict or any sort of unease in a relationship or friendship or whatever, that's what happens to me is anxiety. And typically what happens to me is like, I, when I'm not in a good place would rush to, to fix it. Right. Whether that's fight, or whether that's like just give up ground and concede. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something that I resonate with of like when if I know Michael and I aren't good, mm-hmm. it's like I'm not gonna really get any sleep until I know we're good. You know, yeah. like it's I've gotta either tell him that he's wrong or I gotta say that I'm wrong. Yeah. But um something's gotta happen there. Yeah. But what was interesting that I kind of went off on a tangent is it'd be so fun for one of these podcasts. Like maybe we don't have a, a, um, a sermon on a Sunday or something like that to just have a conversation around like biblical interpretation. Um, maybe a little like quick conversation about inerrancy. Yeah. Um, and then like cultural, like, is this cultural? Is this like an outstanding principle? Cause what you're highlighting there is kind of like, that's like the first year of Bible college kind of conversation. Sure, it's, her, it's hermeneutics 101. Yep, yep. yep. Mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, so just because it is written specifically for a group of people, does that mean that we can't pull any teaching away from it? Like, mm-hmm. is this cultural? I mean, you have the whole conversation on first, second, Timothy, Titus. Like, that is that is a big debate in Bible oh, totally. college, right? Yeah, of like, absolutely. is this cultural or is this mm-hmm. principles? Um, but it just, I think it's, it's interesting because we find... I think the everyday reader of the Bible will go through and will read something addressed to someone they've never heard of before, mm-hmm. like those two people, yep. and they'll just be like, all right, this I can move on. doesn't matter for me, right? Like, I just totally. don't know what's yeah. going on here. I don't know the context. I think that's the challenge and the beauty of reading the Bible is, like, sometimes you just don't know what was going on there. Oh, totally, yeah. The curiosity is fun of, like, yep. what what did those two get into? Like, yeah, yeah and we could have we could have yeah. played that out, and even as I was preaching it, I was like, yeah. oh, this could have been maybe kind of a funny moment for a joke or something yeah, exactly. like that between Euodia and Syntyche. But, um, you know, and I just kind of went over to the New English translation, which is the translation I've typically been preaching yeah. out of over these last few months. And they don't um, they don't put a separate subtitle uh, in front of yeah. verse four. 
they continue from verse three through verse four as kind of one continuous thought. And so you yeah. see even in different Bible translations and the way they arrange the text, sort of their own understanding and interpretation yeah. of the flow of thought and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you were going through this um, this chunk of scripture, was it clear kind of from the get-go that you were going to land with that through line of um, your response to conflict can either mm. root you in or rob you of your resilient joy or where did that kind of come that was like tuesday morning and um we had had a meeting the week before like we do to kind of talk through the text and that kind of conflict through line was kind of drawn out in that meeting and to be honest i was a little resistant to it initially because i was like i don't know that i want to teach that yeah (laughs) you know uh but the more i studied it the more i just kind of felt compelled i was like well this is like what the text i think is really saying yeah and you know i believe that um, you know, the message of a sermon should be the message of the text. I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty simple guy. So like, I, I don't want to get too creative with like God's yeah, word in that yeah. sense. Cause I believe that the power of any preached message lies in the power of God's word. You know, it's not in any kind of cleverness that we do up here or any, yeah. um, illustrations or the ways that we outline it. Or if I make all the points start with a letter R, there's no point yeah. in that. It's just to help us remember it a yeah. little bit more, um, uh, it helped us to remember it better. Uh, but then the more I studied on Tuesday morning, the more I was like, this is this is kind of how this text has to be taught. Yeah. We're teaching this all in one big group. Uh, it's it's nine verses. And I, I actually do, I, I felt really convicted and compelled. Like, this is really what Paul is getting yeah. at. These 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 standalone commands, well, these commands can be understood as, as kind of their own thing. And you can memorize yeah. them and you can apply them to a variety of situations. But in so much as we're understanding the text as a letter, because that's what it is. When we say the book of Philippians, yeah. like it's kind of like a misnomer. It's really a letter. Yeah, a I letter. mean, we're reading someone's mail and we're only getting one side of the picture. Yeah. And um, these aren't, this isn't theology 101 right here. Like we can glean theology from these words. This is the inspired word of God, but yeah. it's a letter. First and foremost, this is an occasional document yeah. that was written to a specific time and specific place. And because God is amazing and he inspired this text, yeah. we can draw what God would have for have for us from this text 2,000 years later. Yeah. But as I kind of unpacked it, I was like, oh yeah, this is the direction it needs to go. And then as I was just kind of like teasing out the words, it just kind of yeah. like fell into place. Yeah. Awesome. Um, give me a second. I had, <laughs> I had a question and then it just escaped me. Um, I can save you with Thank a question you. while you, you think so that you you think about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm gonna think about it. Right. I'm gonna throw. It's like when we were talking about the Michael's fabric joke. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I'm trying meeting. to figure out what was going on there. And yeah, I'm, yeah. And I'm we can't even share moment. with everyone who's listening because we I don't, don't even know. Joke is. I don't know what the joke was that totally. I made. They're gonna be like, what are yeah. they even talking about? Exactly. So this is gonna be a whole tangent. So yeah. while you're thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's gonna be a whole thing. But Ryan, I just wanted to tell you when you talked about snow. Oh, you're gonna be surprised. Uh, anyone who's listening, this yeah. could this could make or break relationships with me. They might be like, I hate Michael now. Yeah. But uh, I think we're going to get some snow here this year. Well, if, <laughs> <I'm gonna> say- <laughs> if, if, if how cold it's been over these last um, couple weeks is any indication, then yeah, I would imagine we're going to get some snow. And totally. Not, and and that's to a it. reference to you talking about Michigan snow. Oh, yeah. And, and seeing, your kids. seeing things from different perspectives. Yep. You know? Yeah. Um, I couldn't remember my question and that's fine. But, <laughs> um, when we're talking about Philippians and we're ending, we're getting to the end of this letter. Mm-hmm. Um, have there been any, uh, I just remember the question I was going to ask, but yes. I'll wait till later. Okay. Um, it's so funny. My, my brain is working very uh-huh. oddly today. Um, is, has there been any interesting things that you've seen just zooming back? You've had Allison preach. You're going to have Brian preach this next week. Mm-hmm. 
Have you seen any um, new or interesting like narrative threads this time going through Philippians that have kind of appeared to you, or th- or maybe even just uh, an easier way to ask that? Has there been any new learning? We're almost done with Philippians. Anything yeah. that's stuck out different this time around? I think the thing for me that um, I'm still wrestling with in Philippians, and perhaps um, uh, some folks in our church are wrestling with this as well is um, how pointed Paul is about the reality of our choice to rejoice. Mm, Like, that's something I'm still really wrestling with. Um, Even in verse 4 in this past passage, where Paul writes, um, you know, right after the conflict, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Boom. Done. And that's an imperative. That's a command. It like, feels like avoiding it almost. It's I I, I was talking with my um, my wife's parents and 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 sister um, at lunch after church and talking about like how do you do that? Yeah. Like especially in light of conflict, how do you choose to rejoice? And um, that's something I'm still wrestling out yeah. because it it almost I think in our day and age in 2022, in a modern world where we have been told that what is most authentic is like what comes most natural to us. Like that is what we've been taught is like actually being an authentic person is whatever comes most natural to you. That is a, that that concept is a modern construct. Okay. That is not, um, that is not something that people have believed for thousands of years, that what comes most natural to us is most authentic to us. In fact, what I would say as, as image bearers of, of Jesus Christ uh, who have uh, experienced the fall and who are broken, I, I would almost posit that actually the things that come least natural to us might be the things we need to be doing mm-hmm. and m- might make us the most authentic, actual, real versions of ourselves. Yeah. And so that's where that's where I think this kind of like, Verse four, like in the midst of conflict, what comes most natural to me is like to be resentful and full of anxiety. And like, that's real. Like you're just, that's like toxic positivity right now. And I'm, and, and I'm really wrestling with this right now because I'm also like, you know what? Like according to who? Yeah. According to what standard, like post enlightenment understanding of like the modern human being or like according to God's standard as to like how we're to operate as his image bearers. Yeah. Yeah, I, I certainly would be eating different and hitting the gym more. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's yeah. all like, and yeah. I really do think like Paul in this whole thing, like even when he's talking about like our thoughts, like this idea that we are to, are to refine our thoughts and what we are to think about. This is something that has has been a struggle for me in my whole life has been like taming my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I use that illustration. I was just working on my sermon on like th- by Thursday now. This is like Thursday. I'm working on the sermon. And I'm like, how can I talk about like thoughts and yeah. how our thoughts run rampant? And I kind of went to that illustration about nine and 10 year old boys playing soccer. Loved it. And I just, like, to me, it like, it still resonates with me even now. Like, I'm just really grateful that God kind of brought that to mind. Cause it's like, yeah, that, that's, that is what my thoughts feel like when I'm encountering conflict. And it's like, it's just a bunch of hooligans running yeah. around my brain causing <laughs> havoc. And it's like, but it feels so unnatural and difficult to like focus my mind. And it doesn't feel like it's like second nature. Cause it's not. Because we're broken, sinful people that by the work of God's spirit over time, we are refined to become from one degree of, uh, to another, uh, shaped into the glory of who Jesus is. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's just like, is it going to be tough Mm -hmm. for sure? Because it's kind of working against our own kind of broken fabric of who we are. Yeah. And I think, I mean, yeah, you, you opened a, a large conversation there that I'll try to (laughs) (laughs) try to share my thoughts in a concise manner but like i think that oftentimes 
we talk about like toxic positivity and joy and um, avoiding, you know, getting doom and gloomy about stuff. Mm -hmm. It's, I think we as humans oftentimes get very reductionist in nature, right? And everything gets reduced down to like toxic positivity is simply you always are going to find the silver lining. Things are always going to be okay. And you, you just try to avoid feeling those big emotions. But mm-hmm. I think the truth of um, like what would make toxic positivity bad is when you are then pouring that out into somebody else, right? Like oh, Michael's sure. yep. sharing how hard his life is. And I'm like, oh, let's try and find the silver lining here, man. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause like I can go through and I can, and I can do that for myself. Yep. And I like, you can debate whether that's healthy for me or not, but mm-hmm. like if I'm doing that, that should not affect you guys, right? Me saying I'm going to find the silver lining here. But what I think Scripture shows us is that we can rejoice knowing that even though we're going to have these tough, really difficult circumstances, that there's someone who's going to sit there with us through that, right? Mm-hmm. And like one of my favorite songs um, that we play on a Sunday, it's like an upbeat song, but it has like kind of a uh, a challenging message in it and it's just called rejoice. Oh, yeah. um, uh-huh. And it's like the chorus is rejoice um, um, in the midst of suffering, he will help you sing. Right. And then there's a line, um, he has walked this path before us. Mm. Um, all this language about like, we can rejoice in the midst of things, not because we have this toxic positivity or we yes. can just find a silver lining. Yep. It's, you don't have to do this alone. I think that's, mm-hmm. if you did have to do it alone, that'd be really sad. And like, mm-hmm. you would probably have a hard time rejoicing. Totally. But I think that's what's, what this interesting conversation of Philippians is about is like, not only do you have a church family and you have brothers and sisters who are there with you, mm-hmm. you can rejoice in the midst of all of this bad stuff because you have a savior who wants to hear about it, who yeah. wants to feel that with you. Um, and sure it is hard and it is sad and there's, going to be moments where it is tough but yes. mm-hmm. um you don't have to do it alone right yeah. and it that that isn't the end of your journey the mm-hmm. suffering right so i think it is a, a really challenging conversation especially when you talk about how the world handles things of like yeah man you are just kind of finding the silver lining but i think it's just that difference in perspective right yeah so. yeah teasing i mean that's a really good word hayden i think understanding that um uh, there, there is a, there is a time and season for mourning and weeping yeah. and lamenting. We have to do that. Yeah. Like that's healthy. I mean, mm-hmm. God's word says there is a time to mourn. There is a time to weep. Yeah, David um, did all the time. But like, you know, understanding kind of in a spiritually and emotionally healthy way, what does it look like to rejoice in the Lord in the midst of yeah. suffering? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that I'm still wrestling yeah, out. Totally. I, I'm still trying to understand like, what's this, what's the, what's the key to really unlock this so that we can really understand this in the midst of our suffering. And perhaps it's just one of those things where like this is a grace from yep. God when you do go through suffering. You understand what this looks like when you are really encountering pain and hurt. Yeah. And I think what I think about that conversation, it's just I think it's vulnerability, it's honesty, mm. and it's hope because I think that you can truly walk through some difficult stuff knowing that this is not the end of end of the road. Mm-hmm. And I think as long as you can kind of hold the tension of like this hurts but I know it's not going to hurt forever. Yeah. And that there's going to be good things that come out of this. Yeah. But like, I, I truly have not gone through some of the really difficult, you know, milestone events that people have, like losing parents or losing mm. a spouse or yep. a child or whatever. Like some of that stuff I don't know yet, but yep. I think it's, can you rejoice knowing that there is hope mm. for the future, um, that there's someone sitting there alongside? Um, 
but yeah, this is a much larger conversation than we probably no, have time for. No, but it's for. getting at the meat yeah. and the heart of really what this is all mm-hmm. about. Like in God's word, when we're talking about rejoicing, like this is, that's really yeah. getting at the core of like where this is most valuable yeah. as, 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 as followers. And I think your words, they are really wise and really pastoral for us as we try to draw this like wisdom from God's mm-hmm. word deeply into our mm-hmm. lives. And it's not going to be like, I think it's kind of really simply laid out before us, but it's not easy mm-hmm. as we're walking yeah. through life. Yep. Yeah. I can't help but notice that as you're talking about like vulnerability mm-hmm. and pain mm-hmm. and joy and hope. These are all words that I personally identify yeah. with the Christmas season. That's mm-hmm. right yep. around there. Yeah, that's right, man. <laughs> yep. Nice pivot. Nice thank transition, you, Michael. Thank you. That's right. That's yeah. why they pay, pay me to sit in the corner. Yeah. yeah that, was a great, that was a great pivot yes. and a great segue to the yeah. end of this podcast. Yes, so, it totally um, is. Yeah. I don't want yeah. to cut anybody off. So, if you have anything else you want to share, feel free. Yeah. No, um, I'm good. I'm good. Right, I feel like yeah. it's been good. Well, we have a lot coming up at Arbor. Obviously, we're getting into the Christmas season. We got child dedications coming yep. up. Mm-hmm. Blue Christmas, X, Y, and Z, a bunch of different things. Yeah, so, it's going to um, be a good season. Yeah. Make sure to go to Facebook, Instagram, or our website to see what we're up to. And yep. um, we'll see you guys next week. 